chapter 20. Uh, as we dig in here, uh, I don't think this is a Christmas message. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but hey, we've had a few. Uh, it was a real blessing last night. Our church went Christmas caroling at a, at a nursing home, and uh, there was a bunch of them in... in uh, as soon as we started singing, I was looking around, and, and as soon as I started talking, I started looking around, uh, and you can tell the Lord always has a remnant, and it's just so sweet uh, to be able to be in that place, and the smiles were coming, and the heads were nodding, and, and you know, and I went up to him afterwards, you know, you're saved, oh yeah, <laughs> we got a group here, we're just, we're, we share, we, we care for each other, we take care of each other, we take care of those around us, and you know, the one common theme uh, that we seem to be running into is uh, one of the ladies said last night that she was just so sad. And I said, well, why are you sad? And she said, because more people didn't show up. They just didn't want to hear the Christmas carols and they don't want to hear a message. Isn't that sad? But it doesn't matter our age. Uh, either we're going to listen or we're not going to listen. So, uh, But God is able. So... Uh, we just keep praying. So, <laughs> so uh, here we go. Uh, chapter 20. Uh, David, uh, remember coming back into the land after the death of his son Absalom and, and his uprising over David and, and the men. Uh, he's defeated. David comes back into the land. Uh, and, and just when we think things are getting better and getting back together, the enemy comes in and just tries to continue to ruin things. Uh, and, and we know that's the same for us in these days that we're in, uh, is, was in those days. Uh, and so uh, here, here's another one of these instances. And it says, there happened to be there a man of Belial, a, a man of the enemy, a, a man of uh, evil means, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite, and he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. So he's coming in and he's making some noise. And isn't that what the enemy always does? It just reminds me so much of what the enemy does. The, the enemy is loud. The enemy is just, just putting things in, into our eardrums that is just com complete noise. And that's what the enemy likes to do. The Lord comes and he comes with a still small voice. The enemy comes just shouting and yelling and, and just making a ton of noise, blowing trumpets, yelling, speaking out, and, and just bringing confusion to the people. The Lord has an order and the enemy is just causing disorder. And we just see it so many times in, in so many things that go on even in our own lives. Um, and he says, we have no part in David. Uh, what he's really saying, too, is we have no part in the greater than David that, that's going to come in, in Jesus. He has no, no desire for the Lord to rule over him. He wants to rule. Uh, David wants the Lord to rule. Uh, and so we just see the disorder that goes on in this country again. So every man of Israel outside of the tribe of Judah went up from, from after David. So they finally say, come on back in. <laughs> uh, and instantly somebody rises up uh, to bring noise and confusion there. And, and so they, they leave from following David and go after this man. 
So every man of Israel went up from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri, but the men of Judah clave under their king. Isn't that just a sweet picture of those that are really born again cleaving to our king? Uh, in, in the times that we're in, in the seasons that we're in, the, the days that we're in, we, we see that many are leaving from cleaving with the Lord and walking after other things. We hear scoffers, even in the church. Jesus, he said he was coming a long time ago. He, he hasn't come. He's probably not going to come. So we make up doctrines that, that just walk away from the things of the word, uh, and they're not cleaving to their king. And we want to be in that place. The king of kings was born in this season. And we want to cleave to him. And it's just so sweet to see that uh, some, there's always going to be a remnant that are going to cleave to the king. And may we be part of that remnant. May we be the ones who cleave after our king so the world can see that we're holding on to something different than they're holding on to. and it says, David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women that were his concubines. Remember, he left them when he uh, escaped from Absalom. Uh, he left them to take care of the, the house, the, the, the mansion, whatever it was there that he was in, his kingly place. And uh, Absalom went into them because of the council of Ahithophel. Uh, and because of that council, they, they were unclean. And so he comes in, uh, he, it says that he left them to keep the house, and he put them in ward and fed them, but he went not in unto them. Uh, so they were shut up under the day of their death, living in widowhood, acting like they were widows, when even though David was there, uh, but because of the uncleanness, because of what Absalom had done, uh, that they were almost considered as widows. Uh, a sad place to be. <laughs> uh, David comes to his house, and the king takes these and, and puts them away. And it's interesting, too, as he does this, that, that we see after this that David takes no more wives and no more concubines that we know of. Uh, interesting as he comes into that place uh, that that kind of ceases. You just wonder if David maybe starts growing up a little bit, (laughs) starts getting a better eye for things and and not looking so much for somebody to bring comfort to him of the opposite sex, but uh, now just looking more to the things of the Lord and and less to the things of his flesh. Uh, But it says that, then said the king to Amasa, remember Amasa was Absalom's general. David has invited him in uh, <laughs> probably not a great move, but he's trying to bring things together and, and do things. The king says to Amasa, who's now his king, assemble me the men of Judah within three days. And remember, whenever you see the number three, you know something is going to happen, something big is going to go on. Uh, assemble me the men of Judah within three days and be thou here present. So, uh, uh, just a, a, a great picture of what we want to do when sin comes into the camp, when sin comes into our city, into our homes, into our lives, that we want to get rid of it quickly. You don't want to hang on to it. You don't want to have it hang around because the longer it hangs around, the more it's going to hang on you. <laughs> uh, because we know that sin affects us so much. Uh, and, and so he tells uh 
Amasa to go and, and get all the men of Judah within three days. Remember, it's just Judah now. It isn't all of Israel, it's just Judah. And so he says, go assemble the men. You got three days. Should have been more than enough time to assemble the men, uh, to send out couriers, to send out uh, those that would bring messages so that the armies could be assembled together. Uh, David is trying to get rid of the sin uh, that Sheba was bringing in, that this man who's making a lot of noise and causing confusion and taking men out from following after David uh, are now in a place where uh, they could cause much damage if, if they're left to their own. And, and that's why we need to deal with our sin so, so quickly and not let it go, not let it become part of our nature, not, not become part of our lives. Uh, because the more we do it, the more we're going to excuse it. And if we excuse sin in our lives, uh, God is still going to deal with it. Uh, but it's going to be harder for us to get rid of once we start excusing it and saying it's all right. It's, it's just a little thing. Those little things bring great damage to our hearts and to our lives. Uh, and this man is no different so Amasa went to, went to assemble the men of Judah, but, and you know we're in trouble as soon as we see that, but he tarried longer than the set time which he had appointed him. And David said unto Abishai, uh, Abishai uh, now shall Sheba the son of Bichri do more harm than did Absalom. And that's what happens when we don't take care of things quickly, is that more harm comes than good. Uh, and uh, again, these are just pictures for us to apply to our own lives of not to let those things enter in and stay there. Let's get rid of them quickly. If we know that the Lord is showing us that they're causing confusion, that they're taking people away from the presence of the Lord instead of embracing the things of the Lord, that we need to get rid of those things, that we need to have those things out because they're going to cause harm to our lives spiritually and maybe even physically. So he says, take thou thy Lord's servants, uh, uh, as he speaks to Abishai, uh, take the Lord's servants, pursue after him, lest he get fenced cities and escape us. Don't worry about getting all the soldiers. You just take what you've got, go pursue this and take care of the issue that's before us. Great counsel and great wisdom from the Lord and from David to uh, uh, Abishai and the rest of Israel that, hey, we need to take care of this. Uh, so take the Lord's servants, pursue after him, lest he, he get them in defense cities and escape us. Because if, if we let them have their walls built and get into a place where they have a stronghold, it's harder to get people out of a stronghold than it is to chase them and get them before they get into a stronghold. It's easier for us to take care of our sin before it gets walled up around us and we, we have those excuses and we have those things that say, well, it isn't really that bad. We need to get rid of those things quickly. And it says if, if we don't take care of this now, it's going to escape us and it's going to cause us problems all the way through for the kingdom. And again, I think David not looking so much now for himself. He's in a good spot right now. I think he's looking more for the people of Israel because he cares for the people. And that's what a good shepherd does. He cares for the people. 
he looks and he cares for the, the folks that he has with him, uh, and he's worried about them. Uh, and so there went out after him Joab's men and the Cherethites and the Pelethites and all the mighty men. <laughs> uh, and they went out of Jerusalem to pursue after Sheba, the son of Bichri. And when they were at the great stone, which is in Gibeon, Amasa went before them. <laughs> uh, so Amasa is, is caught up to him. Uh, they're all together now. Uh, but Joab is envious because he lost his position. Uh, Remember, he's probably not saved, probably not in a place of walking after the things of the Lord. David has him in his army, but uh, probably not a good place for him. But Joab's garment, it says, that he had put on was girded unto him, and upon it was a girdle with a sword fastened upon his loins in the sheath thereof. And as he went forth, it fell out. Uh, we don't know, and we can't really tell from, from the context whether it fell out because he let it fall out so that Amasa could see that it was there. Uh, if he let it fall out because he needed it out of its sheath so that he could take care uh, of Amasa and kill him, uh, or if this was just something because he had ill-fitting armor <laughs> and it just fell out, we're, we're not really sure. Uh, I think probably the, the prior. <laughs> I think he knew what he was doing. He let it go uh, because he needed it out so he could use it. And isn't that a sad thing? Because uh, Amasa is David's general, and he's going to kill the general because he doesn't like what he's done he's taken him out of his position and he wants his position he's more worried about position than he is people and boy we've got to be careful in our own hearts that, that we don't come to church for a position that we don't come into a place for position we come into a place uh, because it's the lord's heart and it's the lord's ways uh, uh, and we've got to make sure that we're those shepherds that are good shepherds and not hirelings. Joab just being a hireling drops the sword and it says in verse 9 that Joab said to Amasa, Art thou in health, my brother? Like he's concerned about him. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Uh, we can have all the right words and be careful a flattery, be careful that you think people are, are really watching out for you and taking care of you. Make sure that you have the Spirit of God telling you what's going on uh, and warning you in that place. Because Christians, because remember in the church today there's going to be wolves in sheep's clothing. And they don't really care about the church. They're there to destroy it. They're there to divide it. Even if they don't know, the enemy has his people in the camp and they're infiltrating the church just to get rid of the church. That's why we see so many churches that don't teach the word anymore. They teach feel-good messages. They have nothing to do with the word of God. We're here to teach God's word and we're here to listen to God's word. But isn't it sad as the wolves come into the, into the places of worship and into the places of our gatherings, uh, that they will cause damage instead of bringing wholeness and health. And really, that's what Joab should be doing. But instead, he's going to bring death and destruction. Uh, and we see it in the churches, and that's so sad. 
It says that his, gir- his sword fell out of his girdle, falls on the ground, and Joab comes to Amasa, are you in health, my brother? And, and he took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. Not an uncommon thing to do, uh, but boy, as he grabs his head, uh, probably putting it in a place where he can't see the sword coming. Ugh. But Amasa took no heed to the sword. He took no heed. Uh, another application for you and I is to make sure we're taking heed to the things that are going on around us. Uh, the sword of the Spirit, uh, we know from, from Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 4, uh, says, For the word of God is a quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul of the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner and thoughts of the intents of the heart. The intent of Joab's heart was to destroy Amasa and he took no heed to see the sword that was there and how he was going to use it. We should be using the sword of the spirit, the word of God, to encourage, to strengthen, and to equip the body of Christ not to hack parts off our bodies, not to hack parts off of people, but to encourage and strengthen and to heal. Instead of coming up to somebody that's hurting and telling them it's probably your sin that's doing it, (laughs) we should be equipping them and comforting them and encouraging them so there'd be healing in their lives and, and not more destruction. And it's so sad to see the church in that place that we cause destruction sometimes because of what we do. Uh, Just, Lord, help us to be in that right place. Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand, so he smote him therewith in the fifth rib and cut up and shed out his bowels to the ground and struck him not again, and he died. I guess so. Uh, that's a mess Uh, so Joab and Abishai his brother pursued after Sheba the son of Bichri uh, hmm, uh, going in that place uh, running away not running away but running after this man they were there to do a, a job they're there to do it now Joab back in charge and it said that one of Joab's men stood by him and said, He that favoreth Joab and he that is for David, let him go after Joab. Wrong order. As you look at it, what is he doing? He's adding to what they need to be taken care of. They should be after David. They should be after the king that's there and not Joab plus the king. And don't we do that in churches too? If you're baptized and you're confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you can be saved. Mm. We're adding to. We got to make sure that we don't add to what the word says. We don't add hindrances upon hindrances for people to come to salvation. It shouldn't be Joab and David. It should be David. And the greater than David, our Jesus, is the picture that's here. We shouldn't be adding to what Jesus has said. Uh, we've got to make sure that we're just giving out the, the rightness and the truth of the word. Uh, uh, and so he that favors Joab and he that's for David, let him go after Joab. And Amasa wallowed in, in blood in the midst of the highway. Yuck. 
And when the man saw that all the people stood still, he removed Amasa out of the highway into the field and cast a cloth upon it. Uh, and when he saw that everyone came by him, stood still. So they come, they see Amasa, they're, they're grieving over this, they're afraid of that. So he takes him, moves him out of the way and covers it up. I'm going to cover up my sin, but not in love. I'm going to cover up sin in my own righteousness. Ugh. If we're, if we're taking care of sin by the right covering, uh, that's love. But if we do it just for our own good and for our own benefit, it's not going to bring about a right result. And so when he was removed out of the highway, all the people went on after Joab to pursue after Sheba, the son of Bichri. And he went through all the tribes of Israel unto Abel. So evidently not all of Israel is involved with this because they're running through Israel. It's just Joab. It's just the people of the tribe of, of Judah that are coming with Joab, coming after this man, but they're going through Israel. <laughs> and so evidently not all of the people are, are for uh, Sheba, the son of Bichri. Uh, they're letting Judah just run through, chasing this one man and the people that are with him uh, that are causing that confusion. Isn't it amazing that, that the world thinks that so many people want transgenderism in, in the camp when it's just a very small amount of people, but they're making a lot of noise. And to me, that's just a great picture of this Sheba. He's making a lot of noise, making everybody think that everybody's with him when it's not. And it's amazing to me that the world thinks, well, it must be good because they're making a lot of noise, and so it must be okay. Mm. It's not okay. Ugh. A lot to keep our hearts in focus in, huh? <laughs> Uh, so they went through all the tribes and they, uh, where they were gathered together and they went also after him and they came and besieged him of Abel in Beth Maacah uh, and they cast up a bank against the city and that's what they would do. They would bring the dirt up, run it up against the wall so that they could get up over the top of the fortress uh, and it stood in the trench and all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. <laughs> And then cried a wise woman out of the city. Aren't you glad there's wise women in the city? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you better say amen, Patrick. <laughs> uh, and, and so she's, uh, this is what's going on. Hear, hear, say I pray you unto Joab. Come near hither that I may speak with you. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he said, I am he. Evidently she didn't recognize him. She wasn't sure who he was, but she wanted to get the right one to talk to. Mm. And she said unto him, Hear the words of your handmaid. So evidently she's for him, not against him. And he answered and said, I do hear. Isn't it, isn't it strange that uh, Sheba is running away? He takes this city. He comes into this fortress thinking that he's safe in this place. And yet inside his camp, there's still a remnant saying, this isn't right. The, our walls shouldn't be broken down. It tells us in Isaiah chapter 60, I think it's verse 18, that the walls are salvation and the gates are praise. That's why when Nehemiah comes to the city, we see such wonderful things going on because he's rebuilding what? The walls. 
He's bringing salvation back to Jerusalem and he's putting the gates back up. So once there's salvation, there's going to be praise. And that is just so sweet. But here they are trying to break down the walls. These weren't for salvation. Uh, These were just a place of escape. But there's a wise woman inside. And she's wise because she says yes to God and no to the confusion that's going on around her in the city. She was willing to stand up. And she's in the midst of a city of people who are against Joab and everybody that's outside. But she has enough gumption she has enough uh, of the lord in her to come and say this isn't right tell me to do what's right tell me what you need and i'll get it for you oh but all around her are the troops that are for sheba at any moment she could get killed at any moment they would just say off with your head woman what is wrong with you we're here you're supposed to be for us not against us And she's going, I'm for the Lord, I'm not for you. Oh, that takes a lot of guts. But scripture says the Holy Spirit puts it in there that she was wise. She knew when to speak and she knew what to say. She knew that something was wrong inside the camp and she wanted to get rid of it. And she needed to find out how to get rid of it. (laughs) Well, sometimes that happens. Amasa didn't do it, so somebody's got to do it. We got a wise woman that says, okay. So she spake, saying, they, they were wont to speak in old times, saying, they shall surely ask counsel at Abel. And so they ended the matter. And she said, I am one of them that are peaceable. I am one of them that has peace, and I'm faithful. Do you hear what she's saying? She's saying, I'm one with the Lord, because the Lord brings peace And the Lord is the one that's faithful. When he comes back on his horse, when he comes back to earth the second time, uh, on on his horse, there's going to be just that covering that says faithful and true. Ah, I'm one that's faithful. I'm one that's peaceable. I have peace and I have faith. Oh, aren't you glad there's still people in the world They can say, I have peace and I have faith. I was so excited when I heard that new speaker, Johnson, say he has a biblical worldview. Just like, oh yeah, (laughs) I like you already, guy. (laughs) He may not get anything done, but you know what? He loves the Lord, and the Lord has got him in that place. Can you imagine being in Washington right now and being a believer? Just, ugh. You're in the dirtiest place in the world just about. And yet, there's still somebody there that says, I'm, I've got peace, and I'm faithful to my Lord. Pray for him. Yeah. I think Daniel had it easier in the lion's den. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So here's this lady. She's in the camp of the, the, the bad, the good, bad, and the ugly, and uh, she's got the ugly around her. Uh, I'm faithful, and I've got peace. Oh, thank you, Lord that you have a remnant everywhere. Just keep looking. (laughs) Uh, You seek us to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why will you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? This is the place where the Lord is supposed to be dwelling. Why are you trying to break it down? And Joab answered it and said, Far be it 
uh, from me that I would swallow up or destroy. I'm not here to swallow up or destroy. I'm here to get rid of sin. David has sent me to get rid of sin. You know what amazes me? He just killed Amasa for no good reason. <laughs> and yet he said, I, I'm here for good. <laughs> really? You're here for yourself. You're doing David's bidding, but you're doing it for yourself. Oh, boy, oh boy. We've got to be careful of what our intentions are and, and the real reasons that we're doing things. Uh, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so, but a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I'll depart from the city. And the woman said unto him, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. <laughs> you don't mess around. <laughs> you don't want mess around with a mama from Israel, I guess. <laughs> Boy, isn't it sad that there is not one man in the city that's saying the same thing? Where are the men? And boy, that, that's real conviction for me. Where is my voice in the times when I should be speaking out? Why am I quiet? Why am I silent? Why shouldn't I be the one saying it instead of the mama from Israel? She shouldn't have to do that to cut off somebody's head. That should be ours. We're supposed to be the protectors. We're supposed to be the leaders. And yet when there is none, the Lord raises up somebody to take care of it. And it's almost uh, a plague against the city because he uses a woman to do it. And I hope the men in that city really realize what's happening here. Mm. Oh. Sad, isn't it? And you wonder how many men in America are standing up saying, just wait a minute and we'll cast the head over the wall. Oh, the head of the serpent. Let us go and fight. Let us stand in the battle and let us be faithful in it. Oh. His head's going to be thrown over the wall. <laughs> And sometimes, isn't it amazing, in, a, in another good picture, sometimes we come to that place where we lose our heads, we think that we're something that we're not, and we go to places that we shouldn't be going, and we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing, and the only result of it is, is that we lose our heads. Because mm. it, doesn't it get discouraging when you do something you're not supposed to be doing? And the Lord gives the victory to another. And you realize I was doing the wrong thing for the wrong reason, in the wrong way. And that gets discouraging. Remember David when he was trying to bring the cart back into Jerusalem? And he did it the wrong way. He was doing a right thing, but he was doing it the wrong way. And because of it, somebody died. And David got discouraged and he got fearful and he left the ark and came back to the city empty-handed. He didn't bring the presence of the Lord into Jerusalem because he was doing it the wrong way. He got discouraged, and it took a while. It took months before the, the Lord was able to minister to his heart. The reason it was wrong, because you did it the wrong way. It was a good thing, but the wrong way. And he goes back and tries it again. Hmm? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wrong one. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and the only result of it is if we don't get things right, we're going to lose our heads. We're going to lose our, our function. We're going to lose our purpose. We're going to lose our identity and who he is. And, and that's very discouraging. Hang on to what's right and make sure you're in the word because there we see what's right and what's wrong and be helped by the Lord in the midst of it. So the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom. <laughs> She's the only one. Amazing to me. I just, I just love it. It just, <laughs> you go, mama. Uh, the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and cast it out to Joab. And he blew a trumpet, and they retired from the city, every man to his tent, and Joab returned to Jerusalem under the king. The head comes over the wall. <laughs> okay, victory's gotten. We'll go home now. He's a man of his word right now, which is good. That's what we need to be, men and women of the word. If we keep the word, uh, then we don't have to do any more damage uh, to, to the people that are around us. It says, now Joab uh, was over the host, all the host of Israel. So David, uh, I don't know if it's a right thing. To me, it, it's almost a wrong thing because we, we know what's going to happen to Joab later when Solomon takes over. Uh, and it's not, a, it's not a good ending for him. Uh, but David has him there. He's over the host of Israel. Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and over the Pelethites. So we get a listing now of the people that were involved in David's government. Uh, and so that we see, too, uh, as you see Joab over the host of Israel, is that evidently the whole land now comes under the authority of David again because Joab is over the host of all of Israel now, not just Judah, but all of Israel. And so we see that the kingdom has come back into focus, the kingdom has come back into that place, uh, and uh, these men are over uh, the country of Israel. And Adoram was over the, the tribute, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was the recorder, and Shiva was the scribe, and Zadok and Abiathar were the priests, and Ira also the Jirathite was the chief ruler about David. Uh, so uh, as he gets things in order, uh, he really is in a place of surrounding himself with people who should be helping him. Uh, I don't know how much of a help Joab was, but I think it's a, a something for us to put into focus too. Who are we surrounding ourselves with? Are we surrounding ourselves with Joab's who might be good for us, who might be strong, who might have wisdom, who might have talents, but are not saved. But we know Zadok was saved. Zadok going in the right direction. Abiathar shouldn't have been there either. And we see with Solomon, Abiathar is cast out of being a religious leader of the day because he was of the tribe of Eli. He was of that descendants of Eli that God said all of them are going to be destroyed. Mm. And you wonder, David, 
did did you have them in there because you promised something or did you have them in there because you you weren't really sure of what to do and you didn't want to lose focus you didn't want to lose friends you didn't want to lose favor sometimes folks we have to get people out of the way to have the right people in place around us because we want to have those right people because without those right people there's going to be distraction there there's going to be uh, all those emotions that come into play and they're going to be in the wrong place for the wrong reasons. We know Joab wanted a position. He didn't want so much the glory of the Lord. He wanted a position in David's kingdom. Mm. Probably shouldn't have been there, but he was there because David did whatever he did. But for us, it's Lord who's surrounding me, who's helping. And I just thank all of you folks because you know what we've been going through the last few days. And we're thankful for the prayers. Uh, pray for me too. Uh, I'm doing the service on Thursday here. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, uh, 6 o'clock. It, it's going to be Thursday night at 6 o'clock here. Yeah, next Thursday, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the prayers because I need them because uh, I'm real emotional about this. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's going to be hard, but I think God is going to take care of it. But pray too because all of, well, almost all of Matthew's friends are probably not saved. So there's going to be a ton of people who are going to be here who have no idea who Jesus is and don't even want him. Uh, so pray that I stay focused <laughs> and not give in to the Joabs and give in to the pressure of just saying something nice. Uh, well, I got to give them the truth. Uh, and sometimes the truth is offensive, uh, but it's only offensive if you don't want it. Uh, but it's the truth we need to have and we need to give out. This may be the last time some of those people ever hear the gospel. And so help me to stay faithful by praying for me. So uh, thank you. <laughs> God is good. Uh, so Lord, we do just thank you for your goodness, your grace, and thank you for these examples, Lord. Uh, thank you for the heart that you've given us just to speak truth, Lord. Uh, this woman is such an encouragement to me, Lord. It didn't matter how many of the opposition were in front of her. In fact, they were right next to her. She said, we're going to get rid of the sin that's in the camp. We're going to get rid of these things. And Lord, uh, she said the right thing and did the right thing. And Lord, I pray that for me. I pray that for all of us, that we would say the right things and be the right people in the places that you put us. And so we just thank you, Lord. We ask for your hand to be upon us. Strengthen us by your word. Uh, Father, just so thankful for this time of year when we remember what Jesus has come to do. He didn't come just to be a king in a manger. He came to be king over all. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he came to bring redemption, not only to Israel, but all of mankind, to all the world. And he did a work on the cross. He came to die. And we just thank you, Lord. We've come and we're in these places, but we've come to die to self and to live for you. So help us to do that, Lord, that we'd be faithful in living for you and dying to self. 
So help us get out of the way, Lord, that you would be glorified. And we just give you thanks. And Father, uh, thank you again for loving us. Thank you for the prayers of my brothers and sisters. And just pray you'd bless them and encourage them during this year. We know there's hurts in every family, in every place. So strengthen them, Lord, for what they have to face in these coming days, that you'd be with them and strengthen them for these times. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.